Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. The Puritan Stephen Charnock has said that we should never think of the excellencies of the divine nature without considering the duties they demand and gathering the honey they present. And what that Great Puritan is pointing to is that, you know, God is not meant to merely put up on a, an operation table and surgically cut apart. I mean, we, he, he is meant to be understood. But also, God's person demands something from us, a duty, and God's person is a delight to our soul. So we have those three things, doctrine, duty, and delight. Every attribute of God has a doctrine. What does this attribute mean? Every attribute of God has a duty. What does God require of me? Because he possesses this attribute and every attribute has a delight. How is God a treasure because of this attribute? So these last two days we've been looking at the doctrine or the definition of God's holiness. So today we're moving on to the duty of God's holiness. Brothers, what is our duty in light of God's holiness? And if you just say to be holy, you got to explain what that means. <laughs> Before I answer your question... <laughs> I do want to just put a little plug in for the upcoming Reformation Boise Conference. Yeah. Um, one of the topics is going to touch on um, holiness in our, our everyday life. And because of that, we have book giveaways that correspond to the topics that are going to be addressed. And so um, we're giving away some just golden books on God's holiness, um, maybe the 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 most famous or one that's kind of considered to be the the standard, at least for a long time, was J.C. Ryle's book on holiness, so we're giving that away. Kevin DeYoung just wrote a book not that long ago called The Hole in Our Holiness. Um, we're also giving that book away. Um, and if I had a better, better memory, I could list off other books that we're also giving away on God's holiness, but I don't remember them. But... Um, that's my plug. But for you just you have to, a recommendation, like R.C. Sproul's book, right? That's at least a recommendation. R.C. Sproul's book, Holiness of God. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my plug for the conference, ReformationBoise.com. Register, and you'll be pleasantly su- surprised. That's right. Okay, so what is our duty now that Russ has given us an advertisement for the day? Well, what is our duty in light of God's holiness? I do think it matters how we think about God um, in terms of uh, when we th- talk about the holiness of God, was that revealed to us? How does, what does that mean when we pray to him? We, you know, in the, in the Lord's Prayer, you know, we say, hallowed be thy name, holy is thy name. It, you know, we're, we're lifting him, his holiness up before our eyes at all times. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I think is dangerous is when we... Uh, separate out the attributes from the whole because um, we talk about uh, God being all of his attributes. I mean, he's not parts. And so, um, you know, sometimes we play one attribute off 
of another attribute, and people do that particularly with the love of God and the holiness of, of God. And um, Francis Schaeffer mentioned this, if we stress the love of God without the holiness of God, it turns out only to be compromise. But if we stress the holiness of God without the love of God, we practice something that is hard and lacks beauty. Um, he would go on to say that in order to exhibit both simultaneously, we must look moment by moment to the work of Christ, to the work of the Holy Spirit. Spirituality begins to have real meaning in our moment by moment lives as we begin to exhibit <coughs> simultaneously that holiness and love of God. Mm. All right, I'm going to just briefly talk about God, um, the duty as it pertains to us as far as this idea that God is holy. What does that mean for us? And I'm going to try to avoid just saying that it's a call to holiness. Um, which it is. Which it mm. is. But in Ephesians um, chapter 4, um, Paul is going to say, talk about this new life that we have in Christ, that we used to be those that walked in darkness, that we didn't understand God, we were ignorant of him, we were hard in heart, we were callous, um, we had given ourselves really over to all types of sin, but God intervened and now we're being re renewed. And he specifically says how we're being renewed. And how we're being renewed is that we're being created after likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. If you compare this to Colossians 3, what happens is in the fall, how we were created, right. we were created with knowledge, holiness, and righteousness. In the fall, all of that was not completely lost but marred but deeply <laughs> broken and marred and mm -hmm. and so what happens and this is the glory of the new birth the the coming to life um, by the power and work of of the spirit within our hearts that we are being renewed mm -hmm. in knowledge holiness and righteousness yeah and that's what it means to be truly human yeah. it and is. because we're made in the image of god those are the those are the key character um things for us as humans that reflect the image of God, yeah. that true knowledge, true righteousness, and holiness. And if, we, if we were to kind of compare justification to sanctification, which sanctification is just the process of being made holy, mm -hmm. justification is when our status has been changed, uh, our legal status has been changed, um, our, um, and Christ is now for us. Mm -hmm. In sanctification of being made holy, our, our nature is changed and changing and it's Christ in us. And that distinction is so important because I think, like in some of the circles that I'm in, um, there's such an emphasis on justification to the exclusion of sanctification. I think that's kind of what mm -hmm. uh, Kevin DeYoung's title for that book, The Holy in Our Holiness, is kind of alluding out, although I haven't read it. It, it is the substance of that book. Okay. Is that call to, to live out what, what now God has allowed to, I mean, because of the change that he has brought in justification, there's a call upon our lives to, to be holy, to be sanctified, to, to grow in our knowledge, righteousness, and holiness. You know, my dad was talking to a, a friend uh, a few years ago, and I said, why don't you do an experiment on that person? Ask them what they think about holiness. And he did. And the first response was, ew. You know, um, because because of our sinful nature, I'm not being self righteous and judging that person. I'm just saying I think that's a response because there's this this word holiness is so obscure in, in terms of. I mean, we even had trouble defining what holiness meant in terms of God. We we came up with otherness and and his purity and his beauty and stuff like that. I think for the way that I would define our duty in light of God's holiness is that if 
the whole law is summed up in loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself, then to obey the law would would be holy. You would be holy if you would obey the law. Therefore, holiness in practice anyway is loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. All the law is summarized in those two commands. Would you guys agree with that, add to that, subtract to that? Conforming to the character of God. Mm-hmm. That ultimately... Um, you know, in Ephesians five uh, one, it talks about uh, imitating God, and there's a sense in which uh, this is, a, even though God has this attribute in His absolute being, there's you know He has imparted that to us through the Holy Spirit and through Christ, and and we are to be holy as our Lord God is holy. We are we are called to that. We are called to a certain separation. Um, you know, we're called. We're called saints, we're called hagio, holy, but we're also called to be holy ones. Mm-hmm. And so we're to conform ourselves to the character of God. Yeah. yeah. Peter writes on this in 1 Peter 1, he says, Therefore, preparing your minds for actions and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to come back to that in a little bit. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. And this goes back to what Josh was saying and to what Jonathan is saying. We're holy because of the 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 one who has redeemed us is holy, and we're to be like God, our, our character is to reflect his character. And that practically works out in loving God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind, and loving our neighbors as ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that Peter also ties this to the hope fully that um, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you. So he, there's a future aspect to this, and, he, and it goes back to what we were talking about earlier. We're now being renewed um, in knowledge, holiness, and righteousness, but we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. Our hope, our sure hope, is that someday the image that was broken in the fall will be fully restored. We will know God mm-hmm. fully. We will be holy. We will be righteous. Yeah. And I hate to keep beating this drum, but this is one of the topics of, of the conference, yeah. that this this idea of setting our minds on that future hope makes a difference in how we live right now. Right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, the story of the Good Samaritan, I think, really helps kind of brush away a little bit of the obscurity for me in terms of what a duty of holiness looks like. Because, of course, you guys know the story. A man is, is beat up by robbers. He's on the side of the road. He's bloody. He's probably close to death. And then you have a priest walk by. You have a Levite walk by. And they have dislocated sin. They have put sin in that person who has been beat up. And they choose to try to keep themselves holy, in air quotes, by avoiding this man. And it was the Samaritan who obviously ultimately points to Christ, who walked across the street and took care of this man by loving him. That's what holiness is in this story. And so many people dislocate what sin is by thinking sin is something outside of them. I'm holy by simply avoiding these these material things. That's not the essence of holiness. That's to get things completely backwards. Mm-hmm. And this idea that somehow sin is outside of us. Um, sometimes this is a confusion when when people 
talk about, well, now we're like Adam. No, we're not. When Adam was first created, he had no sin within. The only sin, way sin could affect him was from the outside. Mm-hmm. As those that are born on this side of Adam, Satan never would have to tempt us. There's enough sin within us to always lead us into to, to sin. Yeah. And and that's that's we're not just like Adam restored in the garden. Yeah. We, we actually still carry a sin nature. Yeah. And so this call to holiness, I mean, Hebrews 12 is going to say that we need to strive after. Yeah. It, it, it's a struggle. It's, it's, a, it's a conflict of, of interest, if you will, within. There, there's, there's this call to holiness, a call to, to, to love God and love our neighbor. And then there's this, this call within us, the sinful nature that continues to draw us away from that and say, no, live for yourself. Yeah. Please yourself. Do what you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in in the Gospel of John, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and they're finding some of the things he's saying hard to understand or hard to, to hard to do. And um, you know, some of those disciples that had kind of adhered but weren't true f- followers were falling away, and. Um, you know, Simon Peter, in conversation with the Lord, says, Lord, to whom else shall we go? Yeah. You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Yeah. And so, so Jesus Christ is the, um, the, he's the incarnation of this holiness. If you want to know what holiness looks like, what holiness is practiced like, yeah. follow Christ. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great place to... To stop there, Jonathan. Um, well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life, and we've heard Russ a couple times say about the conference coming up. Uh, we would love to have you come. You will not regret it for a moment. This is a time of fellowshipping with other churches centered around the gospel. This this uh, conference came together because of a desire to exalt the Lord Jesus Christ and and the, and the precious doctrines of grace, and it has turned into a, a wonderful coalition between several churches. So please go to ReformationVoice.com. You can find out all the details. We'll see you next time. 